Max's Morning Market Mania has returned. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's great to be here with you. September 26th, 2022, that's the date that you're listening to this. And be sure to listen to our full-length episodes every single Wednesday, 6 a.m. That's when we release it. And as you guys know, I do this to inspire you guys to take control of your financial future. Right now, we're in, we're in recessionary times. Times are difficult. We have the worst inflation in 40 years. People are struggling to get by. People are struggling to... Uh, afford their grocery bills, their energy bills. So now more than ever, we need to really deep dive into finance and investing and budgeting and saving everything along those lines so that we can be prepared for the worst that may yet to be that may yet be to come, if that is worded right, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> we just need to be prepared, ladies and gentlemen, because, Right now, times are very difficult, and there's a very good chance that it gets even worse. Now, for me, this is actually my first recession that I'm going through. I, during the uh, great financial crisis, I was, you know, like 11 years old or 9 or 10 years old, so obviously it didn't really affect me. My mother is in real estate, so I saw it affect her, and as you guys may or may not know, I do have some involvement in the real estate industry, and... I'm seeing the impacts on that right now. I have family that are trying to sell their homes right now, and uh, it, it is a tough market out there. Uh, I'm going to get into that in my second or third article that I'm going to discuss, but right now it's, it's getting much, much more expensive to buy a home, and it's not because home prices are increasing. It's because the cost to borrow money to buy a home is increasing, and that's just one of the many things that are all bunched together that are currently making it much harder to get ahead. And it seems like everybody I talk to is going through the same thing. So I tell them, tune into Max's Morning Market Mania, take what you like, leave what you don't, and continue your financial education no matter what, and always be investing. Or always have a plan at the very least. So with that being said, I'm going to start with the scoreboard. Let's see uh, what what happened over the last week. I'll do a quick summary. The major indices, the Dow Jones, it was down 3.33%. The NASDAQ was down 4.5%. That was the biggest loser. And the S&P 500 was down 4.08%. Crude oil, probably our biggest loser of the week, down 7.1%. And as you guys know, the recent decline in inflation, which, I mean, we still have the highest inflation in 40 years, I don't think it's anything to, you know, celebrate or anything. It went from like 8.6% to 8.3%. A lot of that is because energy prices, specifically with uh, oil and gasoline, they have declined. And in the last week, they've declined a lot, 7.1%. Other commodities, gold down 1.89%. Silver was down 3.6%. And I'm going to throw platinum in here because... I don't really talk about platinum that much, but I do like platinum as an investment. It's used in catalytic converters, and it's also in very low supply, and <clears throat> we're pretty much guaranteed to also run out of platinum, along with all these other commodities, unless we incentivize production by increasing the spot price so that people can pull it out of the ground for an actual profit. It was down 5.84% on the week. So big move in platinum. Platinum is usually one of the most volatile of the precious metals, and back right before the great financial crisis, we saw platinum go up to about 2,200 bucks an ounce, 
It was actually more expensive than gold. And historically, platinum is more valuable than gold. And it's far more rare than gold. Uh, I, I'm an investor of platinum. I like it. I'm bullish on it. My favorite of the metal, my favorite of the metals is silver over platinum and gold, but I like silver, then platinum, then I like gold. And I don't really own any palladium. That is too, it's, it's too niche of a market, and Russia controls most of the supply. So moving on to crypto, Bitcoin down 3.2% on the week, and after the Ethereum merger uh, to Ethereum 2.0, where it's proof of stake rather than proof of work, Ethereum's down 4.44%. And then the first article I'm going to talk about, which I'm not going to get into yet, but it's about XRP, which is my second favorite crypto of all time. I think it's the solution for cross-border payments. It's quick, it's efficient, it's scalable, it's set up to be a cross-border system payment or cross-border payment system. That was actually up 26% on the week. And on the month, it was up 46.6%. I was actually, I've been watching XRP. You know, I watch all these all these uh, cryptos every single day. And XRP has been hovering around 29 cents to maybe like 35 cents. And I was waiting for 25 cents to back up the truck. And by that, I mean buy a bunch. And it didn't get quite down to 25 cents. Uh, now it's like 51 cents at the time of recording on Sunday. But I do think it'll come back down unless there is a... Uh, big change, big news with the lawsuit that's going on, and I'll further explain that in a moment. Uh, Terra Classic, so you guys know Terra Luna. I brought up that this was up like 600% over the course of a week or two, maybe three, and this is the crypto that previously dropped 100%. I mean, I guess it's more like 99.999%. It was a $100 token, and now it's 0. .000 two dollars per token so you can get millions of them for a small amount of money maybe not millions but thousands uh that was down 60 percent from its peak and i don't remember exactly what i said but i was probably shitting on the people that were like oh it's going back up if it goes back up to a penny i'm rich well that's not going to happen because it's kind of worthless it was a ponzi scheme that broke so if you were one of the people that bought into the hype oh it's going back up it's up you know, 40% on the week, it doubled up in a week, whatever, and you bought in, you likely lost your ass. I think it's down 12% or more uh, on Sunday, which is today, but you're going to be listening to this Monday. Uh, anywho, the DXY, which is the US dollar index, it's at the highest it's ever been, or the highest it's been since May of 2002. It's at 113. We're getting bad inflation, Everywhere else in the world, their inflation is worse. So the U.S. dollar remains the safe haven. People park their money there because they trust it more than they trust the euro. They trust it more than they trust the Chinese renminbi. renminbi uh, you know, the Chinese yuan, Japanese yen, the Russian ruble. There's a fly flying around. Any of those who are watching, uh, you probably saw a fly fly right in front of my face. If you're just listening, disregard that. I apologize. Let's get into that first article. And this is from Decrypt. It's a crypto uh, news outlet. XRP jumps 44% in a week after Ripple moves to dismiss SEC lawsuit. So both the SEC and Ripple have filed motions for summary judgment 
each asking the judge to rule in their favor without a trial. So they want to get this lawsuit done and over with. They're like, all right, judge, what is your verdict? And the SEC was suing or is suing Ripple, which is XRP. Ripple is the company and XRP is their token. And they are suing it because they're saying that it is a security rather than a cryptocurrency. And if it's a security, then they bypassed all these regulatory things that they needed to do in order to issue a security and offer it as a sale. An ICO, it's an initial coin offering. In the stock market, it's an IPO, initial public offering. They're, the SEC is saying that they should have registered it as a security before they did any of this. And I've been under the impression that and of the opinion that they will not, the SEC will not win the lawsuit and Ripple will win. And when that lawsuit is over, I expect Ripple to maybe not go to the moon because I think it needs Bitcoin breaking new highs as a catalyst or at least climbing its way back up. You know, it's, it's under 19K right now. And it was as high as 65K last year. So we need Bitcoin to move up more. Uh, that'll be a good tailwind for XRP. But we'll see what happens. Uh, in this article, they mentioned XRP jumped 11% early on Friday in hopes of the lawsuit coming to an end. Now it's back into the top six cryptos on the planet. Bitcoin is under 19K, while Ethereum is down 12.8% amidst post-merge sell-off. I apologize for that noise. It's behind the curtain. I have no idea what it was. Uh, in this article, they even mentioned that, or no, it wasn't in this article. I was doing some further research because, you know, I am interested in Ethereum. I like the technology. It's not the most efficient. It's not the best. One of my biggest criticisms with it is that it's dominated by whales. And actually, the whales, which a whale in these markets, they're, they're the big dogs. They own the biggest positions. If they sell, it crashes the market. If whales buy, then it moves the market up. Whales own 70% of the Ethereum supply. And I like democracy. I like when everyone is equal. But if, if the market is dominated by these whales, then they call the shots on everything. That I'm personally not in favor of. So this XRP lawsuit, it started in December of 2020. We've all been waiting for this to come to an end. Uh, usually people who are XRP fans, they are major XRP fans, and I am. I remember in 2017 buying XRP above $3 because, you know, it's, it's this big solution for cross-border payments. It got as high as $3.82, and then it went as low as about $0.17, cents, and I backed up the truck around $0.19. Cents. I got out around a dollar or something, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to be able to buy in f more at a lower price. I may miss that opportunity, and it might not be the end of the world. It might be the end of the world. I don't know. But I do expect, and I'll get into this more with my second article and my third article, because they're both in, yeah, the second and third article, because they're both related to interest rates and whatnot. I think crypto will likely bottom when interest rates peak, and... I'll explain what the Federal Reserve is talking about with their plans to raise interest rates, but I think there's a chance that they raise interest rates and it, it damages the economy very badly. And in that scenario, if the damage is enough, 
you know, stock market plummeting. These politicians, they, they need the stock market to go up. You know, Biden wants the stock market to go up so people think he's doing a good job. And if the stock market is in a nosedive because interest rates are going through the roof, then they, they might want to stop that damage. And in that scenario, maybe there's a structural break and they have no choice but to start lowering interest rates again and start printing money. I call it helicopter money. In that scenario, then I think we're off to the races with crypto. I think she'll go to the moon. But if rates continue to rise, which is very, very likely to be the case, then I think we have not seen the bottom in crypto. And I'm personally in the camp where I think Bitcoin will go down to 12,000, maybe 14,000. And I think that'll likely be the bottom. I'm no fortune teller. I've been wrong so many times. I've lost a lot of money before. I've, I've made a lot of money before. I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm just, I'm just giving you guys my opinions and you can take them for what it's worth. So for the second article, this is from TechWire. Looking to buy a home? Soaring mortgage rates means much higher payments. And this is kind of what I was talking about. Third consecutive 75 basis point rate increase this year just might crash the housing market. That's what they said in this article. I say this all the time. I don't think it'll crash. I think it'll slowly, surely, and steadily decline. And as the rates go up, it'll make the, the mortgage payments more expensive, regardless of what the home price is doing. And just to uh, shed some light on the whole interest rate thing, I ran some numbers for you guys, and I talked about the anomaly last week between the 52-week treasury and the 10-year treasury. Right now, the 10-year treasury is at about 3.69%, and Friday, it got as high as 3.8%. Major, major move. It was, it's crazy. And the four-week, or the 52-week the treasury got up to 4.11%. And if you guys look at that chart, it looks like a Bitcoin chart. I mean, it was... It was well under like a quarter of a percent. It might have been well under a tenth of a percent. And now it's way up to 4.11%. So I ran the numbers for you guys. And this is to explain the anomaly. So you can put your money in a 10-year treasury and get 3.69% compounded every single year until the, the treasury matures 10 years after you start it. And then you know, and then you, you sell it back to the government or yeah, they, they, uh, buy it back from you and they give you your money or you can buy the 52 week treasury, which matures after 52 weeks. And then you could reinvest that into another 52 week treasury. If you started with $10,000 and you got a 10 year treasury after 10 years, your $10,000 would turn into $14,367. But if you bought the 52-week treasury and you only lock your money in a year at a time, which is far less risky than locking in your money 10 years at a time, and you roll it over every single year, after 10 years, your $10,000 would be $14,959. So almost $500 more than if you were to invest in the 10-year treasury. So why the hell would I buy a 10-year treasury when I can just buy the 52-week treasury and roll it over after it matures? I don't know. So in this article, they, they basically they talk about all these uh, financial analysts, these economists, Federal Reserve policymakers, 
all these people at the Fed and what their common consensus consensus is. And it's basically universally accepted that rates are going to continue to rise. And I'm shouting out my buddy, Ron Williams III. He was on a podcast not too long ago, I'd say probably three months ago. And we brought him on because that's when interest rates really started to rise. And if you guys are interested in buying a house and you'll need a mortgage like most people, reach out to my buddy, Ron Williams III. You'll be in great hands. His email is ron at firstnationalmb.com. That's F-I-R-S-T-N-A-T-I-O-N-L-I-O-N-A-L-M-B.com. So I wanted to get, he's got, you know, all these computations to figure out mortgage payments. And I asked him recently, after this recent rate hike, what, what are we looking at now? What, what does it cost today versus, you know, a year ago? And he ran the numbers for me. If you're getting, if you're borrowing 300K right now versus if you were to get, you know, maybe a year ago or eight months ago, you got a mortgage for 3% versus now, your purchasing power with the rise in interest rates would go from $300,000 to $190,000. That is a lot less house. That that is a very big impact to your affordability with the home. And this impacts basically everybody, everybody who didn't already lock in a, a 30 year mortgage at 3% or whatever, anybody who still has yet to build their nest egg and buy a home, myself included, a lot of millennials, you, you see the meme that they're millennials are just all waiting for the housing market to crash. Gen Z, I don't know how a, how a Gen Z is going to be able to afford a home unless they get a very specific skill that can make a business a lot of money or they start a business that makes a lot of money. Getting very difficult to buy a home, guys. And they provided some examples in this article. A year ago, a 2.9% mortgage, say you're buying a $425,000 house, and you are fortunate enough to put 20% down, your mortgage would be $340,000. Your monthly payment, $1,415. I'll repeat that, $1,415. Now, if you were to take out the same mortgage, $340,000 is what you're borrowing, a week ago, it would now cost you $2,038. And because of the recent rate hike that we heard about last week, what's that number now? Well, it's not 2038, it's 2105. So just in the last eight months to a year, that's basically a 50% increase in mortgage payments. In, in your, your, your mortgage payment goes from 1000 to 1500. And we know that everybody's income didn't just increase by 50%. So this is, this is bad, but it's necessary what the Fed is doing. They, they're they're raising interest rates to combat inflation, which they need to do. So what do we got next? This is an article from fortune.com. Jerome Powell has a tough message for investors. Tighten your seatbelts because recession and unemployment are coming. This might be the first bit of honesty I've gotten from Jerome Powell in quite some time. Let's see, what did he say? Powell said the soft landing looks to be kaput and all but admitted the Fed will cause a recession in its inflation fight. Quote, I wish there was a painless way to do it, but there isn't, unquote. 
The Fed's goal of engineering a soft landing in which it would manage to slow growth enough to curb inflation, but not so much as to cause a recession looks increasingly unlikely. There's a dichotomy with that. They want to raise interest rates enough to, uh, you know, dampen inflation, but they don't want to raise interest rates so much that it destroys the economy. R interest rates going up incentivize people to save their money. They can earn a good interest rate, and that'll be less money cycling through the economy, which means less people are earning money. There's less money to go around. There's less money to increase wages. There's less money to build your business. So it's a dichotomy. And as I always say, they're in a pickle. And I would hate to be in this pickle. It is a very tough situation, and there isn't really a good solution. So they're forecasting larger rate hikes, and they want to get the Fed funds rate up to 4.4% by year's end. And, you know, we're coming up on October. That means three months left in the year. And the Fed funds rate is currently at 3.25%. So that would infer another 115 basis points just to get it up to that number. So which means it'll be even less affordable to buy a home. So, you know, I like to ponder on this. Is now a good time to buy or sell? Absolutely fuck no. If you listed a home in the last two or three months, it, it's honestly the worst time you could have listed a home or started your buying process in the last 14 years. And that's very unfortunate because I wasn't able to lock in a 3% mortgage on a home, you know, in the last two years, which I wish I could have or did, but I didn't. And now it is wildly unappealing to buy a home, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Uh, I mean, if you need a home, I mean, you need a home, that's it. Whatever the cost, you might need a place to live. If you're renting, like right now, I'll, I'll give you guys the details. I'm, I'm, I'm renting a home and I pay a thousand bucks a month for 12 months, you know, that's $12,000 that is going to my landlord, props to him. I wanna be in the, in the same spot as he is when I'm a little bit older, renting a home, providing a home to other people as they need, and you're collecting an income from it. And that income that the landlord is collecting, he is using that money to either, you know, fund other ventures or build equity in this home without having to lift a finger. And you gotta think about it, in, if you're renting, that $12,000, and keep in mind, I have a very cheap rent, I was very fortunate to get this deal, but I know a lot of people who are paying 1,500, and you know that's $18,000 a year that isn't going towards building equity in a home, where if you wanted to sell that home, you could get that equity back. But if you're renting, at the end of the year, you're left with nothing, which doesn't mean you shouldn't rent. I mean, if you're, gonna, if you're not planning on staying in the area, then why would you buy a home? You guys get it. So the Fed, policy, Fed policymakers forecasting weak economic growth for the next few years. Few years, that's, you know, it's 2022. Are they forecasting weak growth through 2025? Guys, this stuff takes a long time to play out. Uh, it doesn't just go down like the 2020, you know, COVID dip happened. We saw the stock market just absolutely plummet, one of the worst drops in history, and then it came right back up and it broke new highs. And that was because of an artificial response. You know, we lowered interest rates, we printed money, we stimulated the economy, and we got it back up in shape. And if we're not doing that now, 
then we can expect, you know, very weak growth, maybe further declines. I mean, it wouldn't be that shocking if the stock market didn't make new highs for another several years, maybe five or 10 years. God, I hope not, but that very well could be the case. But you guys got to think about it in, in the long term. If you guys are around my age, you know, you're in your 20s, you're not going to be retiring until you're 70, 75. I mean, we got decades left to invest. We could buy right now, see the stock market cut in half, be like, oh shit, we should have just held our money and you know, bought later on when the stock market cut in half. But then 20 years from now, it'll probably be much, much higher than it is today. And then you'll be all right. So think in the long term, guys. I, I want to make money and get rich just as quick as you guys do, but that is not how reality works. That's not how the world works. It takes time. It takes consistency. It takes sacrifice. So these geniuses who are notoriously incorrect with their forecasts and whatever, they foresee the economy expanding 0.2% sharply lower than their forecast three months ago of 1.7%. So they expected it to go up 1.7%, and three months later, now they're like, oh, it's only going to go up 0.2%. That's a big change. Big change. So guys, that about wraps up Max's Morning Market Mania. Get your finances in order. Create an investment plan. I already ran the numbers for you guys in the past. If you want to work at 20 bucks an hour, it'll take you like 29 years to get to a million dollars. And that is if you don't spend a dime and you don't get taxed at all. We are going to need a lot more than a million dollars to retire. So an hourly wage, at least at 20 or $30 an hour, is not going to cut it. I mean, if you can get to $100 an hour, then you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. But our other option is to consistently invest over the course of decades. We build our wealth slowly but surely. And whatever your plan may be, maybe you're an active trader. Maybe you specialize in commodities. Maybe you don't want to look at finances and you don't care about it. So you just dollar cost average into the S&P 500 for three or four decades in a row. That has worked. It has worked for the last several decades. And it might be a proven strategy for the future. So whatever it is, you guys need to have a plan because things might get a little worse. And we do not want to be in the scenario where we're 50, 60, 70 years old. We've got, you know, 15K saved up where our bodies are done. We don't want to work anymore. And we look and we're like, I don't have enough money to not work. We do not want to be in that scenario, ladies and gentlemen, and we want to be able to provide for our families, our offspring, the offspring of our offspring. I want to be able to give my grandkids everything. I want to create generational wealth, and I think that is our best way to sovereignty. That's our best way to truly take control of our lives because if we don't have control of our finances, we will be a slave to the system, and I've been a slave to the system and honestly, I currently am. And I'll tell you what, it fucking sucks. So no compromises. We need to take it. We need to take control of our financial future. And that's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm here along the ride with you guys. It'll be tough. There'll be ups. There'll be downs. There'll be joy. There'll be despair. But we will get there in the end.
Tune in every Wednesday, 6 a.m. for our full length. Every Monday, this releases at 6 a.m., Max's Morning Market Mania. I appreciate you guys so much. Reach out with any kind of feedback. I would greatly appreciate it. And until then, cheers, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Max's Monday Morning Market Mania has concluded. I'm Max Kuzmalski. Thanks for listening.